before we take communion tonight, how do you see Christ in the book of Job? How do you see Christ in the book of Job? Let's talk about a few things. I'm going to have you discuss with me, and you can raise your hand if you have something you'd like to say. Um, what either character or character traits or um, circumstances or teaching that comes from Job that points to Christ or refers us to Christ, what kind of things do we see in not just the life of Job, but the book of Job that point us to Christ? All right, John. When you say faith, you're not just talking about what he believes. What are you talking about? When he lost everything. Mm-hmm. So his endurance, his is is continuing on through the struggles. How does that remind you of Christ? Or how does that point to Christ? Right? Thanks for sharing that. Jesse and uh, Sister Ruby. Okay, so Job uh, being uh, just a, a picture, an example of Christ as the innocent who suffered. We, we, when we start seeing it, that theme kind of opens up through all Scripture, don't we? Doesn't it? We, we talk about Abel in, in Genesis as, as one of the first pictures of that, of the innocent that suffer for doing well. Job is one because we, we, get to, we, get to, we get to see the conference in heaven. He didn't get to see that. All right, Dwayne? We don't always like that especially when things aren't going well and we know God is in control because we wish he would use his control to turn things around. Jesus um, said that as well. Um, if it's possible, let me, let me uh, not have to drink this cup. Um, he knew God was in control, but he knew he would have to suffer as well. Shell, did I see your hand? Uh-huh. I think it's commendable that Job, um, he didn't know what his mission was in life. Jesus knew. Jesus knew he came, and he came to die, and he came for a purpose. That doesn't make it easy, but he knew, and that purpose ties you to, to faithfulness, uh, ties you to persevering through issues. Job didn't know that this was going to come in his life. It just kind of come um, um, su by surprise. And yet he persevered through it um, knowing that God's purpose is behind it, just not knowing exactly what that should look like. And that's kind of how we do. We haven't read the last chapters of our life yet. We don't know what's in store. Um, but we need to um, 
uh, realize that God is behind and he knows what he's doing uh, as we go through this. All right? Dale. Mm-hmm. has definite purpose to what God is doing. What perplexes us is we don't know it. Um, we don't know his timing. We don't know when our suffering is going to end. We don't know why God is doing it at this particular, why the degree and the intensity of it. We don't know. And we also don't know what God plans to get out of this. Um, I think about um, just the difficulties that, that uh, either I face or we face in this ministry and say, Lord, we, we would love to um, be stronger so we could be more effective. But, uh, and we're going to work towards that. Um, but somehow, you know, it's, it's like you, you take one step forward and it seems like you take another step backwards and you wonder if you're getting anywhere. Um, but in those steps, God has a way of, of um, bringing glory to himself, even, even in our struggles, when we persevere through our struggles. And so... Um, like Joe, we don't know, we don't see God's full purpose, but we are to go on faithfully serving anyhow. Let's see Chantel's hand. So Job shows our great need for an arbiter and it's fulfilled in Christ, but Job is longing for it. That longing should point us to Oh, but if he had this, and that's what he's saying in the scripture. Oh, if I just had this friend who was mightier than me and equal with God, who could go in between, represent me, and have a face with God, have a conference with God, and look him face to face and say, I got Job covered. (laughs) And we have that. So we should rejoice that. Um, Job's need is fulfilled for us and, and that we have Christ. Did I see Charmone's hand? Yes. Yeah, so it's a model for a believer living a life of frustration. Um, how, how we do that and how we even have an avenue um, for expressing. One of the things I was thinking, and we'll go into communion in just a moment, how thankful I am for our choir, our praise team, our ensemble, our songwriters, several here who have written songs, um, because like the book of Job, they give us a means for expression. Um, Brian was saying in his prayer, there's some things that we just don't know how to, to express and how to say. Um, Holy Spirit does for us, and, and, and God gives us a songbook for that, and, and a, po- a poetry, a book of poetry for that, and that's what the book of Job is, the book of Psalms is our songbook, and the book of Job is our poetry for our expression of those frustrations that we, we experience when we live in this life, and a means for expressing that in a way that's um, honoring to God. And Charmone was saying, here we go at the end of chapter chapter 2. Um, Lord gives, the Lord takes away. And chapter 1 as well. Um, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. 
um, blessed be the name of the Lord. In verse, in chapter 1, he says, In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Um, and uh, in chapter 2, he expresses some of those same things in uh, verse 10 and so forth. Um, and what a, what a contrast between that expression and the end of chapter 10. Remember the end of chapter 10? It just seems like gloom. Um, Job, Job's grief, grief, excuse me, is in full bloom. Um, let me just read it again. This is the end of chapter 10. Why, do, why did you bring me out from the womb? Would that I had died before I had seen thee, as were, as though I had not been. Carried from the womb to the grave. Are not my days few? Then cease and leave me alone, that I might find a little cheer before I go, and I shall not return. To the land of darkness and deep shadow, the land of gloom like thick darkness, like deep shadow without an order, where light is as thick darkness. You, know, you would think the word of God to, to, to leave on kind of like a ray of hope, but here it's just, in a sense, total gloom. There are times when we are in those dark days in, in our life. And I know I pray for myself and I pray for others. Lord, give us the grace to get through those dark days. And we know that he does. He always does. And we'll start to see that fall kind of lift for Job um, as we read through. But it's, it's interesting to, to God let us kind of just rest in that gloom so we can know that Job experienced that, that fullness in his life. And he got through. He got through it. Um, seems like the darkest time of the night, but it doesn't stay there. And uh, we, need to, we need to trust God for the grace to get through that part, and he will carry us through. Leaders, would you come now as we prepare for communion tonight? Let me read from 1 Corinthians 11, Paul's instructions to us as believers concerning communion. Verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Notice when he instituted this. It was a dark night for him. The night it says when he was betrayed. He is you can use the word looking forward to going to the cross. That's what's about to happen, and yet he takes time out in his Passover meal with his disciples and shows them the importance of what's about to happen. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death 
until he comes. I wonder what they thought when he said that. You proclaim the Lord's death. He had told them several times he's going to die. But each time, it's like they, they weren't accepting that. They knew what the words mean, but they're like, that, that doesn't sound right. We don't want that to happen. He kept on telling them that's going to happen. And now he says, you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So Paul gives instructions to believers so that they might understand the importance of communion. They might do it in a way that honors the Lord. We trust that you prepared your heart for communion. Before we come, I'm just going to ask you to have a time of prayer. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Brian, would you pray? Uh, give us a time of silent prayer to examine ourselves and then pray for us as we take communion tonight. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. And because you saved us, Lord, you have an expectation that we should be holy as you are holy. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us your Holy Spirit, Lord. And so we pray, Lord, that you would empower us through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, reveal to us things that we have done wrong that we ought not have done things that don't line up with your word and your character. And if there's any of those things, Lord, that we would confess those things, that we would forsake those, that we would repent and replace those evils with good actions. I pray, Lord, if there's a brother or a sister that we have some conflict with that is in our church, that we have not resolved. I pray, Lord, that we will resolve that issue, Lord. Our church's name, Sweet Communion. And if we don't have Sweet Communion with man, we can't have Sweet Communion with God. So I pray, Lord, that we would resolve that, and then if we resolve that, that we would take this communion. I pray, Lord, that we not think to ourselves in our wicked heart that I won't take communion, but I won't resolve the issue either. Let that person be judged, Lord. But if we have honesty and we truly seek to do your will, we should try to resolve that issue. If we know somebody has something against us, we should bring that to their attention and say, hey, let's resolve this matter. And if we have something against our brother or sister, we should come to them and say, I have something against you and this is what happened. So that we can resolve that issue. Pray, Lord, that you would have us resolve it between us and them Help us not to be those who gossip. Help us not to be those who take that issue and through the guise of trying to be deceitful. Help us to be those who first go to those who have wronged us or who we know think we wronged them 
that we resolve that first between us two alone. And then if matters need to go beyond that, we'll follow the biblical model. I pray, Lord, that we would forsake these sins, Lord. We don't expect to come to communion perfect, but we just want to come to communion with a clear conscience. So would you come fill up our front row on either side? Let's pray for the elements in our communion that remind us of um, Christ's body and Christ's blood. Lawrence, would you pray for the wafer of the cracker? And um, Andy, would you pray for the juice? Lord, we just um, pause before you tonight, just lifting up the cracker that while it doesn't hold any special power in it, Lord, but it gives us a reminder of things that you had to go through. Your body was broken, it was beaten, you were spit on, you were scourged. Lord, so that we might have eternal life, Lord. Yes. You were sinless, Lord, and you took upon the sins for um, the world of people so that we may live free and reign with uh, you in eternity, Lord. And we thank you for that. I pray now as we take this cracker, Lord, that you just help us to meditate on that, Lord. Help us not to take it lightly, Lord, but understand the gravity of what you had to go through in order to give us that freedom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord, we just think of this cup as we come together in communion, and we just think of the blood you shed for us and that you were the one that paid the sacrifice that you died to take on our punishment, Lord. And then you rose again to show that you have power over life and death, Lord. As the scripture that pastor said that this blood is a symbol of your new covenant, the covenant you made with us, that you have paid the price for us and that we are your children. Help us to remember that. In your name we pray. What did it take for Christ to be our arbiter? He had to be perfect. First of all, he had to be one of us. And at the same time, he had to be equal with God. Can't be an arbiter if you're not both of those. A judge in a courtroom is a human being that's subject to the same thing that the accuser is before him. But he also has the authority to excuse or to condemn. Jesus has that authority. So he, we take this cracker today, it reminds us that Jesus became one of us. He took on a life human life like us so he could represent us to remember Christ as we eat together. He our arbiter, Jesus had to shed his blood. So that we could come before God justified. He paid the price with his blood. This represents Jesus' blood.
and what it costs for us to have what we need, an arbiter who could stake our claim, make our case before Almighty God. He did that by paying for us so that we could go free. Remember Christ as we drink together.